Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, good morning Father. Yes, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the powerful teaching yesterday. For the eye opener, Lord, and for the powerful prayer at the end, for destiny help us. We thank you that you mobilize those destiny helpers in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you fill every gap that we've fallen short of. You are the one that always honors and upholds faith. You are a rewarder of faith. You are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. That is what your word in Hebrews 11 verse 6 says. And we come with that faith in our heart, Lord. Today, that is what we reflect on. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with our life, with our health, with strength, with the opportunity to have this sacred place with you, where we can commune with you separately from all the cares and worries, uh, all the cares and worries of the world. We thank you, Lord, that you give us this opportunity for that communion. And you pour your peace and joy into our hearts. And this morning, Lord, we share the same peace and that joy which only you can give and what you give, no one else can take away. And you bid us hold on to that joy in the place of our prayer. So that we look not to our worries, to our challenges that we had brought to you. So that we look not to the anxieties the fears, the doubts that we carry. But we focus on with joy because of what we have believed in. We focus on you. And we share the same peace and joy, Lord, with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you, with all those that do not want to know you. We share it, Lord, with all those that are part of this praying family. We share it with all those that we have lifted up in our place of prayer today. And with all those that have no one to pray for them. And we offer our faith to stand in that gap, Lord. And as we make this our prayer at our altar, we call on your name, the name of our maker, our creator. The name of the one who inhabits eternity. The one who dwells in the midst of the cherubims. The God of Abraham who always honors faith and always honors his covenants. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The one who is merciful. The one who is our strong tower to whom we can run in times of trouble. And he is ever willing to take us under his wings when we come with faith. The God of patience, the God who is a consuming fire. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. The one who took our form and our shape as men to show us how it was possible to defeat the enemy. Even in the form of men. He remained sinless and upheld all your laws. 
so that through his death, through his righteousness, we might achieve that righteousness when we come under his blood covenant. So that through his victory, we have victory. He is our rock, our refuge, the foundational stone on which you build our Christian experience for us. On which you pave the way into your kingdom. He's the one who holds the key so that the door that he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. And we pray in the name of his spirit. The spirit of the living God, the spirit of the hand of the creator. The spirit of victory. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that resurrection power now given to us. He raises our mortal body that we might be awakened and quickened in the spirit. That we might be restored to what Adam lost when he sinned. That we might be reconnected in our relationship with the Father. That our authority might be given back to us. Father, we thank you that you have blessed us with the gift of your word, your spirit. You bless us with the gift of prayer to connect these two, to speak your word. To be able to pray in the spirit. You give us the authority of creation as well. Through that prayer when we authorize you to step in. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with angels, with destiny, help us. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies. You have blessed us with every physical provision that we need. You have blessed us with our advocate in, in heavenly realms and with an advocate here on earth to pray on our behalf and to plead our case before the righteous judge. We thank you, Father, that you secure us in every way possible. You give us not only your systems of advantage, but your systems of justice, so that when we stand and plead justice, we are represented by the best. We thank you, Lord. As we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak, every prayer we make by the precious blood of Jesus. I also cover every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group by that same blood of the eternal, the new and the eternal covenant. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your holy, pure and perfect will for each of these lives. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks. I command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. In Ezekiel 12, 28, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, 
and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty and it will not delay any longer. Whatever I speak will be fulfilled completely and it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. And I send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power of life on our tongue and for the discernment to choose life every time we must speak. That we do not speak any casually uttered loose words that become self-pronounced curses for ourselves or for our families. But we speak your will and we speak life into every situation. We speak blessings. Thank you, Lord. Following on from our series of the reflection on Psalm 23, here today is a reflection, a revelation, uh, and a reflection on a revelation that each of us must be aware of. And it is very simple and straightforward, but a lot of us miss it. God wants you to believe Him. That is His passion. Why does He require it? Because fleshly oriented, being fleshly oriented, our sinful nature. Out of that sinful nature and all that we have learned in our lives, the only thing that we crave for is that which is sinful. Still worse, we only crave self-rule. We want to be in charge of our circumstances. We become extremely uncomfortable when we are not. Hence, we don't easily let go for him to take over. And that is why faith is a decision. It is not your religion. It is not how you feel. And that is why this Friday Bible study series that we are currently going through. To help us renew our mind. And he wants us to make that decision out of our will, not out of our emotions, our pride, or out of all the education that we may have received in our life. Unfortunately, none of that points us in this direction. Faith doesn't come out of any of that. The only source of true faith is the word of God. That's what you see in Romans 10, 17. And Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Are we truly believing that he exists? Many times based on our circumstances, we feel like the devil has more power than God because that's all that we can see in our life. And when it comes to drawing a parallel second column of ticking boxes that God has done in that circumstance, and there's not much to tick, and we wonder, is the devil really that powerful? Unfortunately, there is nothing else in the circumstances of others around us in the experiences that they narrate. There is nothing else in our formal education, nothing in our culture, in our traditions that we have learned through our families that teach us about this. That make him that real to us. All you have is the Bible 
and your personal experience that you can count on and God is asking you to hold on. Many times we say, I am a Christian, so I have faith. And we couldn't be any further from the truth. The two are not even related. It is a personal choice. And we must make that choice. God wants you to make the choice to believe on Him. What else must you bear in mind? Well, Matthew six verse thirty-two says, "Your heavenly Father, <clears throat> sorry, your heavenly Father already knows all your needs." So then, where should your focus in your prayer be? When you are approaching Him, going with a particular problem. And you know that he already knows. Where should your focus be? Should it be on repeating and re-repeating to state your cause? Or should we be doing more than that? Should we be reaffirming our faith saying, I know you've got this because you already know what I need. Why I am here. Jesus asked the question in Luke 18 verse 8. After teaching that men ought always to pray and then he taught a parable of the widow and the judge that feared no one. And he asked only one question in the end of that parable, Luke 18 verse 8, where he said, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? He did not ask how many times did the widow repeat her case. He did not ask any other question. That is when he comes. The meaning of that was when he, the son of man comes to answer your prayer, to give justice, to judge the wickedness that is done against you. Will he find that persistence in your faith? Remember the persistence that Luke 18, the parable in Luke 18 talks about is not about the widow repeating and repeating a case again and so being persistent. It is the persistence in I know you've got this. I still believe you. Even though I do not see any outcomes yet, I still believe that you've got this, that you have an answer, you have a solution for me. You are providing me justice. It is persistence in our faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so there will be no answer either. And are we exercising faith in the form of trust, saying even though the circumstances point towards the potential of me having a doubt, the potential of me possibly fearing negative outcomes, yet I hold on and I stand? Or is it contaminated faith? Where as soon as you see a negative report, you start to think the devil is more powerful. Or you start to think, no, there is no outcome in this. We are feeling like giving up. Jesus says in Matthew 6 verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body and what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? 
we'll continue on that but i want to stop there and get each of us thinking isn't that what we really bother about all the time what will i eat what will i wear how do i look what do others think about me our physical self and here is he saying is not your life and your body much more than that in verse 26 he goes on to say look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them and then the most important question are you not much more valuable than they so is that all that you are thinking about is what he really asked there is not your life more than food and your body more than clothes is that all that you will think about or are you going to think beyond how valuable are you to him is what he's really stating there when he said are you not much more valuable than the birds of the air now what are we thinking when he says you are so much more valuable than them what are we thinking when we go in our place of prayer oh the devil is more powerful nothing's happening and in the next verse verse 27 he asks a question again can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life this is why in philippians 4 verse 6 paul having this revelation said do not be anxious for anything and when teaching about prayer jesus said go into your closet your secret place with god and shut the door behind you are you seeing how they are connected more often than not in our secret place what are we doing we leave that door open most of the time we carry our baggage also inside we don't even leave our baggage outside the door so what we're really focusing on there is lord this baggage this problem this challenge this storm that's all i can think about and nothing else i'm missing leave that outside hold on to your joy brother vivek touch for that very reason on joy as well where we shift our focus but when we are in our secret place while we are trying to focus on god a part of us is thinking on that problem that we are carrying to that room a part of us is distracted about what is happening outside what is my family doing there or what about my friends what about the movie that the rest of my family is watching outside in the other room on the television while i am sitting here and if we go into the secret place that way then we can't connect with him well when you can't connect with him you can't focus jesus is asking that same question again when the son of man comes will he find faith god wants you to leave everything outside that door and to focus on him 
He knows what you need and he wants you to have it. That is what Jeremiah 29 verse 11 tells us. He has plans to prosper us and give us an expected end, not an unexpected end, not an unexpected outcome. And all you need is to believe on him beyond doubt, beyond fear. We need to cross that threshold. Job was one man at the other extreme. He said, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. That is the other extreme. The extreme of faith. Where irrespective of the outcome, which is what it really should be. Irrespective of the outcome, I didn't come here and my faith is not limited to if you solve my problem, then I say, God, you are good, I praise you. But if you don't solve my problem, I say, oh, well, there is nothing more for me to do with you. Is our relationship with him only transactional? Ask yourself that question. Is it only transactional? Or is your relationship with him for who he is? The person. And that's the whole purpose. The bottom line of us reflecting on Psalm 23. And then brother Vivek talking about all of it yesterday as well. You connect with who he is and for who he is, not for what he can do. You seek, when you seek him in prayer, you seek his face, not his hand that blesses. God wants you to come to that extent. And that is why we look at all these different scriptures. Where Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says he has plans to give unexpected and Romans 8 verse 28 says he works for the good of all. For those who love him in all circumstances. He works for their good. He is called the just judge. We look at all these different scriptures in the Bible that point about him. We looked at Psalm 23 for the last five days. It is more of who he is. If you actually look at Psalm 23, there is only one verse there that talks about David himself. Every other verse, that's halfway through verse 4, I think. Every other verse talks about God and what he can do and what he does. It's knowing that person who's capable of doing all that and who does it for you. And all he's asking you today is to believe on him. This is why reading that word, connecting with the word is so important because it gives you, it helps you paint that picture of who your God is, what he means to you, so that beyond all doubt, when that relationship is established, beyond all doubt, beyond all fear, you are willing to hold on to him for what he has said, knowing that he does not lie. He is not a man that he would lie. Knowing that he has placed his word, exalted it above his name, his own reputation. He will not see that reputation go down the drain. And he said, heaven and earth shall pass, my word shall not pass. Who are we believing in? Who are we holding on to? He wants you to be that rock that is unshaken by the stormy wind. Knowing that this time, this storm will also pass. Only if we are willing, only if we are willing to trust in Him and to not let go.
Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for that kind of faith, Lord, that unshakable faith, the measure of faith that you give in the Spirit. Let it be that unshakable faith, Lord, dealt out to each one according to the circumstances that they are going through. So that even if it's that pitch dark part of their night just before dawn, where everything seems so dark, there is nothing we can see around us. No ray of hope, no one else to help, all alone in that darkness. That we are reminded that even in that time where we are alone, just as Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 20, and he meant every word of it when he said, I will always be with you. I will never leave you even unto the end of time. We ask for that measure of faith, Lord, to hold on to who we have believed on. Knowing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, like we have seen in Psalm 23. He sets up that table for us in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of the adversary, in the presence of everyone that said there is no hope, in the presence of everyone said this is a failure. In the presence of every circumstance and every report that said nothing is going to happen. No good can come out of this situation. David gave us that clear picture of what happens when we walk through holding your hand through that valley of darkness. Let us go back and reflect on Psalm 23 verse 5 and 6 to see what happens next. Look at that expectation and hold on to our joy knowing that this is coming for me with my new ray of hope when my dawn strikes, when my new day, my new season begins. I ask for that edification, Lord, in each of our spirits this day, that measure of faith. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease, for all families that are in battle, that are facing any kind of division, separation of any kind, including divorce. We pray, Lord, for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially that of prayerlessness, the biggest among them, that lack of connection with you that we have lost, that has caused downfall, that has cut us off from, from you, and they are not able to get you to intervene in our situation. And yet so many do not realize that it was as simple as raising a prayer, authorizing you to step in. Busyness in our lives, poverty, ignorance of your word. We pray a lot for our own personal needs, those of our families and friends as well. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit, we believe that we have received, we believe that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit to unmute and join in and pray with the gift of tongues. Those that are seeking to receive that gift of tongues, release your tongue and your faith, ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Start by praying with one syllable.
Let us now make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Prasita Kayanjela Radala Radala Rajala Radala Santa <laughs> Shandakiya Shandiki 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As we're praying, these are the words the Lord told me to write. I am your Lord. I am your God. Come, my precious children. Abide in my presence, my sanctuary. I am truly in your presence. Believe in me. Listen to my voice. My oil anoints you. Be joyful in my presence always. My love for you is everlasting. And the scripture I've been given is from Psalm 9, verses 9 and 10. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed a stronghold in times of trouble, and those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
We have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is from Matthew 7, verse 11, quoted from the NIV where it is written, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Savio's powerful daily reflections, the daily divine mercy and rosary sessions held every evening, as well as the Friday Bible study sessions. Please share those links for Zoom and YouTube with family and friends. Give it as a gift. Bless them as well with the same blessing that you have received from God. If they can't attend sessions during the live sessions, Please point them to the recordings that are available on our YouTube page, posted on our Facebook page, as well as saved on our Spotify podcast page. And that the mercy and the grace, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us, chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day and a great weekend ahead, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. God bless everyone.